lifting our hearts with our hands in the name of Jesus heavenward I bless and worship you my holy one I thank you Jesus the Christ thank you for this beautiful truth thank you for coming in the flesh thank you for manifesting yourself thank you for giving that body on the cross for each and every one of us we give you praise and glory and honor in the sweet and the wonderful name of Jesus and everybody said praise the Lord I'm sure you're well aware that the Bible tells us to everything there is a time and a season. I'd like to minister this morning for a little while on due time. It's due time. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. We're glad you're here and we love the Lord and He's right here in this place. I want you to continue to worship and praise Him and magnify His wonderful and holy name. And everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Give him a big hand. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> there is written in your Bible that time would be no more. That's in your Bible, book of Revelation, chapter 10. The time shall be no more. You have read, no doubt, or heard us preach right here from time to time about the wise virgins versus the foolish virgins. The Bible teaches, of course, that the difference between them, they both had vessels because we are the vessel, and they, they both had oil available to them. But the problem was that the wise, they had the oil. The problem was the foolish didn't have the oil, okay? That was the difference between them. And you want to make sure you understand that the oil is what the Bible teaches the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what that oil represented. They both had the lamp. They both had the Word of God. And that Word is a light and a lamp for us. And it's going to show us which way to go and what to do. But the, the foolish never did get the oil. They didn't get that good gift of the Holy Ghost. And consequently, the Bible teaches that there came a time, a time when... The voice came from heaven and said, It's midnight. Go out to meet Jesus, the bridegroom. Go ye out to meet him. And here came the wise. They were awakened at the cry, and they had done what they were supposed to do. They, they did their due time. It was time to do, and they did it. They got the Holy Ghost, and they were excited, and they awakened at the cry, the stirring up of the call to meet the bridegroom. That's what your Bible teaches is the first resurrection. Some people call it the rapture. It's an okay word, just not a Bible word, but it's an okay word because there's Bible teaching about it. And rapture means to be caught up, and that's what the first resurrection is, and that is Bible, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be. So there is going to be that catching up to Him, catching away, meeting the Lord in the air, that first resurrection and blessed and holy is he that hath part in that first resurrection. That's going to be a glorious time, a great time, and you're going to be changed. Uh, a mother was telling me the other day that her little boy is about four years old and he was saying, 
uh, talking about death and he didn't understand why he couldn't take his heart with him and why he couldn't take his body with him. And I said, oh, he's gonna, he can have a body. I said, Bible said it's going to be a tabernacle made without hands, eternal, waiting for you in the heavens. And she said, oh, good, I can tell him that because she didn't know how to answer. And let me tell you, the Bible has got your answer on each and every subject. If you'll work with subject matter and believe the chapter and the verse, he's got a brand new body, not a broken down body, not a diseased body, not a sickened, afflicted body. He's got a brand new body for everybody will take advantage of their due time. This is your time to do. This is your due time. You don't want to uh, let this slip by you. You want to remember that the Scripture teaches there is a time to do. There is a time to do. It's a season and a time, and you want to do with that time exactly as is described and outlined for you in the Scripture. You don't want to allow it to slip away like the foolish. Now, the foolish, they come a-running. They, they, see, they hadn't believed, and because they didn't believe, they were making haste. They were, they were like the, chick, the proverbial chicken with the head cut off. They were just running every which way, and they were trying to find, how can I get the oil? How can I get the oil? I saw a man with my own eyes one time, and he, uh, he was a construction man. And he had, I worked in a bank long years ago, and, he, and I happened to be there, and they had all these glass front doors and everything. It was a big old place right downtown Miami. And I happened to be standing there, and I saw this guy, and he came running. He got off work, and he had his check right in his hand. And he got to that door, and the door was locked. Now, he got upset. He didn't like that. He could see people inside. Well, the people inside had already shut down. They had already cast out. Their drawers were closed. They didn't have computers in those days. Their registers were closed. Everything was done. And people were just finishing up their last little uh, putting things away. But uh, he couldn't understand that. He saw them inside, and he had that check, and he obviously needed that check cash. He needed to get his paycheck cash. But the door was locked, and he pounded on the door, pounded on the door. And my God, I'm telling you what, the man just lost it. And here came uh, the security cop, and he was a tall, big guy. And he stepped out there, and he opened the door, and the guy rushed him. And he grabbed that guy, and he had to pick him up and carry him forcibly outside and told him it's locked, it's closed, it's shut. I'm telling you, the foolish are going to a pound on the door. The foolish are going to try to rush the entrance. You can't rush this. You got to do time now. This is your due time. The Bible called it high time. You got to wake up. You got to do what you're supposed to do and do it now in this time and season that God has given to you. Notice grace. It is a time of grace. It's a time of favor. It's a time when his hands, figuratively speaking, and arms are stretched out. And he's calling you to him. One writer said that, used the term about of all that Jesus began to do and teach. It's time for you to do what Jesus is teaching. Time for you to do what he has taught in his word. You do not want to put it off. The foolish, they put it off and put it off and put it off until they put it off. And they didn't get, it, get to it. They didn't get to it in time. All their due time was spent. All their due time was gone. All the, the sand had run through the hourglass, if you please. And a great 
big giant angel with one foot on land and one foot on sea proclaimed with a loud voice that time shall be no more. There will be an end to the dispensation of grace and the end will be at the first resurrection and blessed and holy is he, you, if you have part in that, you missed that, the door's shut, it's over. There is not a second or a fourth or a tenth. There's one first resurrection. Even as there's one God and one door and one gospel and one hope, you're called in one hope of your calling. You want to you wanna do time. You want to be investing this due time. One writer uh, recorded this for us as he was inspired of the Lord because all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And the Bible teaches that uh, there was an individual that had sin in his life. Because in the Old Testament, leprosy was a type of sin. It's sin in his life. And a uh, young lady in the church witnessed to him, this little old maid, what courage that took to be in a strange land among, surrounded by unbelieving, sinful people. And the little maid spoke up and said, you can be, your problem can be taken care of. In our vernacular, our terminology, our words, your sin can be forgiven. And he's like, how? You know, if sometimes people's sin is very much manifested where people can really see it. There is hidden sin. There is secret sin the Bible talks about. But, but there's a lot of sin manifests itself. People get AIDS. People get all kinds of horrible diseases. And many, many things that manifest themselves. The sin is manifesting itself in their lives. And that's a little easier for some people to discern than some of that other kind of sin. But this individual sin was very obvious. And, uh, you know, that, that sin, was a, that leprosy was a shadow and type. And what it is, you've heard today in our day about people getting MRSA or uh, some other type of bacteria that is a flesh-eating bacteria. Maybe you've heard about the woman that contacted that in a hospital uh, giving birth to a baby, and they had to amputate both of her arms and both of her legs. That happened in Orlando within this last calendar year. We had a case down in South America where a model, a very young girl, uh, obviously got involved with the wrong kind of lifestyle, and she got sick on the inside of her body and they took her in to treat her and while she was in there the infection got so bad that it developed into the Mercer and they had to amputate both of her arms and both of her legs and she died right there in the hospital she never made it out of the hospital there are forms of sin that obvious very in a very evident and obvious way manifest themselves sometimes it manifests a person in a person's life by how they act that old devil rising up in that old sinful spirit rising up in their life and and the way they act the man that was lost in the catacombs con constantly wandering through those those caves uh, uh, and that's what life can become where you don't know where you're going and everything is a dead end you head another way and you can't find where you're going it's just a labyrinth of tunnels and you, you can't find your way 
way in life and he would cut himself constantly on the sharp rocks. We cut ourselves often on the things of life. We give ourselves self-imposed uh, wounds, if you self-inflicted wounds by the places we go, the things we do, the things we involve ourselves with. You better realize this individual was given a witness and went to the man of God, the preacher, and they got there and the, he thought the preacher was going to do some big thing, some really woo thing. And the preacher just told one of his faithful men, said, go out there and tell him he needs to go get baptized. And he needs to get baptized properly. Send him right here to the river of Jordan. Don't go anywhere else. You go right there and do it that way. And that's to be done. And he got mad. Imagine the sinner getting mad. He's the one with the sin. He's the one with the problem. He's the one that's life's all messed up, topsy-turvy, confused, and manifesting itself more and more outwardly. And everybody's aware of it. And he gets mad. And even his own captain looked at him and said, hey, you know, if he asked you to do a great big thing, you'd do it because you could be real proud about your achieving and you're doing something. But see, this isn't about human works. This isn't about works of righteousness. This is not about uh, works of the law even. Okay? And it's certainly not about the works of the flesh. All right? The only work God's looking from you is your work of repentance. That's what he's looking at. And you head down to that river with a repentant attitude. Now he bowed up and he wasn't showing a whole lot of repentance, but again, a voice broke through. And the scripture did say, a soft answer turneth away wrath. And that soft answer from that captain who knew good and well his boss could take his head right off anytime he wanted. But he, he, he ventured out and he said, he said, come on, if he asked you to do a big thing, a hard thing, he said, you know, you would have done it. He said, now he's just asking you a simple thing. And you want to start comparing religions. I could go to the river over where I live. I could go to this other river between here and where I live. Those rivers are better than this river in my eyes. But, but he finally realized, he said, you know, if I want to get rid of the sin, if I want to deal with this thing, it's time for me to do. It's due time. I need to do it right now. I don't need to put it off. I don't need to fight with it. I don't need to quarrel with it. I don't need to get distracted to doing something else. And having been baptized in that river of Jordan, the Bible said he came up and he was completely cleansed like a baby. Everything was made so fresh and new. That's what the born-again experience will do for you. It will make you fresh and make you anew. Let me tell you, there are people in this world who want to say they're the fresh prince. Well, you want to be a fresh prince. You get baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you'll be a fresh prince of God. You want to be a princess. You don't need the crowns of this world. You don't need the junk that this world has anything to say about. You become a princess of Jesus Christ. You become a polished cornerstone in God's kingdom. You'll get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and you will be a fresh prince and a fresh princess in God's kingdom. You do it that way and you'll get dirty or dirtier and nastier. That prodigal was dirty when he left home. His heart was unclean, but he got dirtier. He went, he went down and further he went in sin, further down he went until he wound up hanging around with a bunch of pigs. You don't want, I don't want these children around pigs. I don't want them around the filth and the pigs of this world, the piggish things that they do and think, things they can dream up. And you don't want that. You hear me? You want to get around what's clean. You want to get around what's pure. 
You want to get around what's honest. And you want to get around what will cleanse you. And that individual found himself rolling around with the hogs in the mud. And, and having to eat what they ate. And you don't want to allow yourself to be put in a position where you've got to ingest what this filthy, nasty world has taken into their heart. And man, thank God he woke up, came to himself and said, what am I doing? I'm going back home. I'm going back to church. I'm going back to my heavenly father. I'm going back to the church, which is my mother. I'm going back to the brothers and the sisters. I'm going to get back where I need to be. And the Bible teaches heading back in that repentant attitude that the church reached right out and pulled them right in and said, let's have a party. Let's rejoice. There's no party like a Holy Ghost party. When a son or a daughter gets renewed in the Holy Ghost or when a brand new soul repents of their sins, gets baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, there's no party to compare to that party. It's due time. You can remain standing. It's due time. It's time to do it now. It's due time. It's high time. And let me tell you, the preacher's servant, he had a little something in his heart. You know, it's in your heart. It's going to come out. And the Bible teaches that, that he ran out to this fellow that got all cleansed. And all the sin is gone. Everything that's eating up my life, destroying my life. That flesh-eating bacteria, it's all gone. Look at me. I am. Woo! Wow. You know, somebody was telling us the other day that they said, I don't want to do wrong anymore. I feel so good. I don't want to do wrong anymore. Well, that's just being in the environment. That's what's going to happen when you get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> just being in the environment. That's what the Bible said. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy because of what you can provide for your child. If you start making that step, if you start doing right, well, I don't know what you do right. That's what you do. I don't, that's where faith comes in. Stand up and stand fast in the faith that has been delivered unto you. And you trusted to God. Well, this individual ran out, and the guy had offered so much to the preacher, and the preacher said, I don't want none of that. I don't need that. don't want that at all. You keep your baubles to yourself. Don't need them. And so the, this fella that the prophet had sent out, he, the servant, he, he ran out there, and he said, well, he don't want anything. He said, but I do. Oh, brother. And he ran out there, and he, he, he got a reward from the guy. And the guy gave him this, gave him that, gave him the other, gave him the other. And uh, next thing you know, he had to stand right and look at the preacher then. And the preacher said, uh, where you been? I am in no way. He said, didn't my heart go with you? You don't think I didn't know where you went and what you were doing? Didn't my heart go with you when you did that? And he said, is it time? Is it time for that kind of thing? Is it time for all of those natural things? Is it time to get involved with that? Is it time to be influenced? Is it time to be a part and promote it? Is that is it time for that? And he said, now because of that, the leprosy or the sin that was out of that guy's life is now going to be in your life. And it's going to hang right in there with your family from generation to generation to generation. My God, come on, it's due time. To everything there is a time and a season, it's due time. You can set something in motion. I'm telling you, you can do right and you can set something in motion that can go down through your lineage and somewhere down the road a, po a positive effect will come upon those children and grandchildren and those that they will procreate. You want to tell yourself it's due time. It's, and don't say, don't let the devil tell you, you should have done it. You just get with it right now. 
Just say now. It's high time. I'm going to put my foot down. I am not going to be influenced. I'm not going the wrong way any longer. I am not going to become a part of this silly nonsense. I'm going to be in the church. I'm going to let my light shine. And I'm going to help win souls. If ever there was a time to give, you're living in it. Because we're coming closer to that angel. His vocal cords are gearing up. He's getting ready to open his mouth and proclaim the words of the Lord. That time shall be no more. And we're closer to that, obviously, than anybody else ever has been. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. You tell God, I'm going to do the right thing in my due time. This is my time to do. This is my due time. I'm going to quit fooling around. I'm going to quit ignoring, putting off, arguing, rationalizing. Come on now. What's here is for you and it's for your children. It's for your grandchildren. And if you're blessed to get great grandchildren, it's for them too. It's time. It's due time right now. That's it. D-O. Do. I will do the word of the Lord. Blessed are they that do His commandments. Come on now. Things that Jesus... He said that Jesus would do and teach. We're going to do that. Come on. We're lifting our hearts with our hands. We're going to sing unto the Lord and worship Him, and we're going to come and gather around on all the children first, all the young people first. Come in close. All the ladies on this side and the men on this side. That's right. We're raising ladies and we're raising men. Holy Ghost men. Holy Ghost ladies. You can come and come in behind them now. Come in tight. If you're a young person, you should be in tight. Come on now. Oh, yeah. 